Hey, this is Rabbi Zev Bannett. You're listening to the Daily Halacha Machshava and Kabbalah podcast series. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're enjoying this content, head over to www.yesodblocks.com where you can support what we're doing by subscribing and getting access to all of the different frameworks, ideas, different series that we're developing and have already developed on yesodblocks.com. They're all available right now, and many, many more are being added all the time and will be added in the near future. Also, check out our recent uh, album that was published on iTunes and Amazon. It is called Tikkun Hayesod. It's the discussion of how to deal with the dark side of the internet using all of these integrated Torah frameworks to clearly perceive and understand existence, specifically the area of sexual relationships and the desire for sexual interaction. In this particular episode, we're going to be exploring a little further now, a little more more officially, really, the area of Birchas HaTorah, which are these special brachos that we say before we actually learn Torah. And the backstory to all of these types of halachos, as always, is that the area of halacha is a practical toolkit of things to do that allow us to access uh, Hashem perspectives and to deepen our perception of reality in a way that is true and accurate and objective, in contrast to the preferential perceptual tendencies that we develop in our life by habit and by rote and simply as a result of existence. And so essentially, you know, you can break this down into the the dichotomy between um, are, are you creating your own perceptions of reality or are you allowing perceptions of reality to simply be uh, installed into your mind, not not against your will, but almost like as a victim, as a passive receiver. So it's are you thinking your thoughts or are your thoughts thinking you? And that's really what this has always been about and what it's what we've consistently tried to describe uh, through all the different episodes that we've done until now. And so the idea here is that we are we're trying to do battle with the Eitz Hadas, which is this pernicious form of, of confusion that ends up really dominating human nature. And you know what we call human nature today really is just the Eitz Hadas. I mean, the idea that people are filled with all these foibles and make these, kinds, these repeating kinds of mistakes, which again is something which has its place and it's not something which you should just, you shouldn't, you shouldn't hate yourself or hate humanity for its foibles. But the idea here is that the tendency to make these mistakes and to develop distorted perceptions of ourselves and of each other and of the world, and then to make bad decisions as a result that are actually harmful to ourselves. And really, the ones that have to do with our our own self-images are the most powerfully damaging because the way that you see yourself essentially determines the way that you experience yourself and the way that you think about yourself, the way that you feel about yourself. And then that will deeply influence and direct the way that the choices that you make regarding yourself. You, you, ha- you, in order to have clarity on the types of choices that you want to make, you have to know what you are and who you are in a, in a relatively clear and objective way. And that includes knowing all the different types of flaws that you have and the different ways that you are capable of, of making errors. And then as well to also know all of your powers, your talents, your abilities. And each of us has a, a whole array of bo- of all of that. It's not like you know anyone is particularly perfect and or particularly imperfect. We we all have this array of, of talents and flaws. And of course, and then the question just is, well, which kinds of choices do you make? And then what kind of person do you begin to allow yourself to become based on those choices? And so having das emes v'sheker, meaning having a a landscape of perceptions that are reflective of what's real, of what's true about you and the way that you are is incredibly necessary and valuable to 
actually operate in the world and, and, and to do it in alignment with reality around you. Otherwise, you just end up really just bringing more and more and more confusion as opposed to more and more clarity. And that's what that's what the goal here is, and that's what we're trying to accomplish. And that, that's really, we're trying to create the eight, the eight, um, the, the counter uh, force to the eight sadas with Das Ms Vesheker. And so in this episode, we're really starting now uh, Siman Memzayan, and that's uh, the section 47 in Orachayim, uh, regular daily halachos, and this is really the Birkas Torah area, and it's called Dine Birkas Torah. and we spoke a little bit about Birkas Torah in the previous episode, which was kind of like a bridge episode, simply because uh, that was the end of the previous section. You don't need to hear that episode to understand what's going on here, but it's important just to, you know, if you want to check that out, it can definitely add a little bit of context. But the first halacha here is simple and also significant. Uh, the halacha number one, it says, Birkas HaTorah tzarech li zahir ba me'od. That the brachos of Birkas HaTorah are unique in a certain way when compared to other brachos. You have to be very careful with them. You have to be. You have to make sure that you are are more. It sounds like more careful with them than with regular brachos. And what we've discussed until now is that brachos are consciousness triggers or conscious expansion methods or tools. And the reason for that is because the phrase that we say inside of the bracha, the the catchphrase of Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech Haolam, is this catchphrase that all it it references trying to increase. Uh, our awareness of Hashem's presence, which is always here. Hashem is constantly manifest. The analogy we frequently relate to here is that if you imagine a world in your mind and you create things in it and you know you have a whole extensive uh, reality, constructed reality inside of your mind, so all of that is is made out of you. There is, there, is, there is nothing in that world that is not filled with your presence because you are the essence of all of that construction. And so Hashem's presence is in a certain way similar to that or analogous to that. And that means that Hashem is always present. The question is just, do our perceptions of existence match that reality? In other words, if you live inside of the world inside of somebody else's mind in our, in our, in our analogy, so you might say, let's say you live inside my mind. So you might say, well, where is Zev Bannett? And the answer is there is no the, the where word doesn't really apply because there is no space inside of that constructed imagined reality that is not an expression of Zev Bannett. It doesn't mean that you actually have to see it that way. If you develop perceptions based on your own preferences and habits that that fly in the face of that, that contradict that reality, then you can live in a false reality. But you know, for some time, reality can tolerate falsehood. That's the tricky part about reality. It doesn't automatically uh, spit you out or contradict you depending on your perceptions. You can have perceptions that are moderately false and still operate somewhat effectively, validating to you your perceptions uh, validity in a certain way. So that's the issue here. And so the concept of brachos has been to say these phrases in conjunction with particular activities in order to experience Hashem's presence, specifically situationally uh, in, in a certain context. And so here we have this special exhortation where the halacha is that you're supposed to be extra careful with the, the brachos of Birkas HaTorah, which we don't find this too much with other brachos. Uh, like I mentioned in previous episodes, brachos are generally takanos de Rabbanan, which means that they were added. In other words, the sages of the, of the Talmud added these tools, instituted them in order to help people to achieve what the Torah's mitzvot are about. So when you would eat a fruit in the past, and so now we have these brachos that we say called birkas which are special brachos that tie the enjoyment of eating specific kinds of foods 
to uh, Hashem's presence. So that's something which is was instituted by Chazal, by the sages of the Talmud. So they added that, and before they added it, so there weren't really uh, brachos in that way for situations like eating food. And the reason for that is because people actually had a natural consciousness where they were aware of Hashem's presence, or at least more natural in certain ways, and then they were able to access Hashem's presence uh, more easily, even without saying brachos. But then as time passed and the... The, the, the intensity of people's awareness of Hashem's presence began to decline. And there are reasons why that happened, and it ultimately is rooted in the Eitzhada'as as well, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So then these different tools were instituted to try to, to stem the decline. And so people were eating things more by rote or doing activities more by rote, so brachos were added to try to, to add more consciousness of Hashem's presence. And then what's sad about that, and we're going to see this a little more fully, is that then the brachos themselves began to be treated in that same way, where they actually were, were being experienced through a lens of habit and preference, and people said them by rote, and so they themselves became susceptible to the same problem that all of Torah life was becoming susceptible to. And so that's what we, that's what we, we have that in a lot of ways. It's actually a very sad phenomenon. And the only way to fix that phenomenon is to actually access Torah knowledge that helps us to see exactly what it is that we are not seeing and how to change our perceptions, to develop our perceptions, to understand what it is that we are habituated towards and how to undo that and how to fight off the, the taint of the Eitzadas. And so that's what Torah is for. Learning Torah is designed to accomplish that. So, But the tricky part is that, unfortunately, learning Torah is just as susceptible to this same exact problem. People can learn Torah in a way that lacks any real connection to Hashem, which means that the knowledge is not necessarily going to really aid in the process of healing the distortions, the the the, the damage of the Eitz Hadas. And so let's look now at the Mishnah Brura a little bit as he spells this out for us, that we have this special set of brachos that we say uh, in the context of Torah um, that's supposed to allow us to see Hashem through the learning that we're doing. And so at the end of the first piece of the Mishnah Brura here, there's a pretty lengthy introduction, which we'll go through a little bit um, in a second, but just the in, in Seif Beis, Seif Katan Beis, the second part of the Mishnah Brura here, he explains what's the what is the reason, uh, how does it work that you have to be so careful with these birkas Torah. He says, uh, You have to be careful not to, to, you have to try to make sure not to learn until you say these brachos. You should say these brachos with joy, tremendous joy. We find that Chazal say in the Talmud, why was the, why was the land lost? Hashem says, because they left behind my Torah. They, they, they left my Torah. Chazal said about this idea, this, this was asked to the prophets. Why, why did we lose the land? They're confused because people were, people were learning Torah. And we find that whenever they were learning Torah, when the when, when the people of Israel were involved in learning Torah, so Hashem would let go, would kind of uh, overlook their various flaws, their various mistakes. That's why they were confused. Why did we lose the land if we were learning Torah? Hashem, who is able to look inside of your heart and to know your intentions and to know your thoughts, so he said he saw that even though they were learning Torah. They're not learning Torah for the purpose of learning Torah as if it's something which is intrinsically important for what it is. Um, 
They were learning the same way they were learning any other kinds of wisdom. That's why they didn't make, they didn't say the brachos that you say for birkas Torah. The Torah was not important in their eyes. It did not protect them from losing the land. That's, and therefore, as a result of this problem, you have to be very careful to say these brachos and to, to, be, to have gratitude that Hashem chose us. And He gave us this vessel of His, the word chemdaso is like a vessel of desire, something which is wanted, something which is incredibly wanted. A person also cannot become a, a Talmud Chacham. He cannot be truly knowledgeable in Torah if you don't actually say if you're not if you're not careful to say Birkas Torah, so the idea here, the takeaway that, that that is being quoted here is that the the loss that you, you can you can learn so much Torah, you can be deeply deeply involved in learning Torah, but if you don't learn it with a, with a connection to Hashem, and it's not it's not in the context of your relationship with Hashem, so then it doesn't achieve its purpose. Now, when you think about that, I mean, uh, there's obvious examples that are very black and white, which is just, you know, you can have a person who's just really not interested in in any of the meaning of Torah in terms of what it's supposed to do in the world, uh, and kind of just treats Torah like it's a it's like it's physics or like it's, you know, an, another field, economics or whatever. Um, and then the the learning of it will be influenced by that. And so there are obvious examples that people tend to think of in their minds when they think of these things. And it's like, you know, the the, the standard social cultural perspective on this is, oh, he's just talking to people who are not religious. You know, people who are less religious, there are all kinds of not religious people who are who simply learn Torah because, you know, they're just, uh, they, they, they want to know what, what's in there from a traditional place, from a research place, from a biblical criticism place. Uh, and that's what he's talking about, people who learn Torah without any kind of deeper connection to Hashem because they don't even think that Hashem is real, they don't really have any any interest on the, on the implications of Torah, more they just want to know the information that's in there so they can use it for whatever research projects they're engaged in. And you can find people like that, there are plenty of books like that, a lot of biblical criticism books work that way, where you have people who are self-reported scholars, uh, or even 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 uh, peer peer uh, reviewed scholars, people who are viewed as scholars in areas of Torah, where they are learning Torah without any of the connection to Hashem, and that's its own discussion, which just needs to be explored, obviously, simply because you know those kinds of books. Whenever I read a book like that, I always find it kind of fascinating how a person could uh, try to be an expert on, on a Torah on, on, on an area or on the entirety of Torah without having that kind of deep knowledge of how to, like what Torah is for. It's kind of like learning physics in a superficial way, knowing a lot of concepts, but they're not really getting it. Like, what's the point of this? Um, but it's actually not even the the problematic example. Like, those are those are more like the uh, the call them almost like the fringe examples of this, which are more obvious. And it's very clear that you can, when, a per, when a person learns Torah in that way, you can usually tell, okay, this person just doesn't really doesn't think Torah is something which is particularly valuable. That's obvious. The problem, the more insidious version of this problem, is actually for everyone else. In other words, the rest of us uh, who are who are describing ourselves as as Torah observant or people use terms like religious, although I really hate that term because I think it just it's a very very unclear, almost meaningless term at this point. Um, but people who basically are 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 trying to learn Torah on a regular basis and try to do it in some kind of a, uh, a serious way, but at the same time, there is still a lack of awareness that there is someone behind this. In other words, if you don't have an, a, a pretty broad understanding of who Hashem is, 
and you don't understand sort of the relationship between Hashem and existence, and you don't understand exactly how existence functions, which the Torah is the map of that, so then you can actually have a hard time learning Torah in a deep way. It simply gets in the way. And that's the classic example of this is people who are very observant in halacha and learn a lot of halacha, which is exactly the whole point of this series, is that you can learn a lot of halacha, and you can and you, people, generally speaking, who come into the Torah space start off learning halacha, which is actually the right thing to do. It's good to first learn the frameworks of what to do and the practical expression of Torah, because you can't really access deeper layers of Torah without having that level of commitment. If you want to really access who Hashem is and what the deeper meaning of Torah is and how to use Torah and what Torah is really for and what it's about, then yes, you have to learn halacha. You have to be committed to it. You have to do what's called nasev and ishma, where you first sign up to do the things the Torah is about. And then as you do that commitment, just like in a marriage, you first commit to each other. And then after the commitment has been made, then you learn so much more about each other because the committed context is what allows you to truly explore each other at deeper and deeper levels. There's no way to do it otherwise. You cannot you cannot learn everything you need to know about somebody and then commit to them. The reason there's two reasons for that. One, because the quality of your learning of them is simply much much less when you don't have a commitment to them because you can just you when you know you can just walk away from the relationship at any point. So then you just don't bother truly Im- immersing yourself in what their deal is and what their nature is. And so if you don't have the commitment first, you simply won't do that. But in the the more logical reason even or more obvious reason why you can't. Uh, learn somebody before committing to them is that people are endless and so when someone is endless so you can never learn enough about them before deciding to commit to them there's just no way to do it so commitment by definition means you have to you have to give yourself to something and say i think there's enough value here that i want to now give myself to this person to this context so i can commit myself to it and then and then and by doing that i can access the deeper levels of greatness that i can achieve with this other person the two of us together uh, by bonding to each other committing to each other we can create or we can turn ourselves into much more than we are when we are each separate from each other and the same thing same exact thing is true with torah that's why Torah is a Nasev and Ishma enterprise. And so Nasev and Ishma is this concept which is usually just taught as, wow, the, the people of Israel were just so great because they committed themselves first and then learned. And that's not really what that means. It means that there is no way to do it otherwise. In order to actually get there, you have to make that leap of faith and say, I don't mean faith like, you know, religious faith, the way people usually use that word. I mean, I mean the the decision to to buy into something without knowing its totality, because without buying into it, you simply cannot access that totality. And so that, that's, a, that's an inherently unstable context to find yourself in, because you have to buy into something without knowing everything about it. And that's very difficult. That's a risky thing to do. And so that's what they that's what they did. That's what is required with Torah. And that's what this is all about. In other words, you have to have that bind. You have to learn halacha. You have to you have to have a halachic commitment. But then after you have that, so you like you have to basically develop this trust that okay, so halacha is all it's all true. It's all real. I have to understand exactly. You know, I have to kind of see see that and commit to it and say, okay, well, I might not always understand every halacha, but I know this is somehow reflective of, of a deeper of a deeper phenomenon, a deeper truth. But then, what you're, what's supposed to happen over time is that you develop more and more knowledge as you immerse yourself into deeper and deeper aspects of Torah over time. And that second part doesn't happen a lot, unfortunately. And I think part of that reason is because I think there's an insidious form of this issue of not seeing Torah as what it is and its relationship to Hashem. And that insidious form, I think, stems from there's not a lot of this being taught. People don't teach a lot of the depth of what Torah is. They don't talk a lot about Hashem. And so you end up getting the exact same situation the Mishnah Brewer just described here, where he said that the land was lost. We lost Eretz Yisrael. We were, we, we were exiled because people were learning a lot of Torah, but they simply did not 
have its connection to Hashem inside themselves. They did not see it as anything special. And even if they might have said with their words, well, I know Torah is special, it's different. They might have even said, we all know Torah is not the same thing as physics. It's a different field, which is very common today in yeshivas. People will, uh, will say phrases like that and say that that's what they think. But the problem is it doesn't matter if you say that. And even if you think those words, if you don't actually experientially know that in a deep way, if you don't see that, that that's true, then you can't learn Torah in, in a way that expresses that. And that's the most insidious form of this problem, which I would argue is certainly what led the people over time in the Mishabru we just read to eventually lose the land and, 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 and get exiled because you don't see that coming. You don't see it happening. It's, 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 it's too insidious because it's really Das Tovara at its worst. You know, Das Tovara in the obvious forms of people who are, are not religious or don't care about halacha. So that, that's obvious. But people who care about halacha and learn a lot of halacha, but then never develop a deeper understanding of who Hashem is. They never get anywhere further than that. And then they just keep on saying, well, we know this is not the same thing as physics. We know, we know, we know. Well, the problem is that your, your perceptual landscape is never static doesn't just stay the way that it is which means that if you if you just if you if you don't invest in this area and you just leave it stagnant then over time you basically get used to the idea that Hashem is not part of your Torah learning and Birkasat Torah are supposed to help with that that's why Yitzchakli Zahar Bama'od you have to really be super super careful to say Birkasat Torah but the problem is that even the Birkasat Torah is infected with this problem because if people don't know who Hashem is and then when they say the trigger phrase of Baruch HaTashem Elokeinu Melech HaOlam Asher Bachar Banu Mikol HaAmim that you know that, that entire phrase you simply won't it won't trigger the perceptions that it's meant to trigger because you don't have them you just don't if you don't develop those perceptions by learning then you simply can't actually access them by saying those words. And so people complain and say, well, when I say brachos, I don't really feel anything. They don't mean anything to me so much. Or I say them by rote, by habit. You know, I try to say them slowly, but I don't really know what they're supposed to even be talking about. And that's true. There's a lack of knowledge about the meaning of these phrases. And so they don't trigger the result they're supposed to trigger. And so that's exactly what this is talking about. We're going to develop this further as we go a little further in Birkas Torah here, because the different halachos and the syntax of the brachos that we've only just begun to touch this, you know, the surface of this. Um, and the Mishnah Bruder that we just read, there's more information there in terms of the nature of Birkas Torah. But the core idea here is that the Das Tovara dynamic regarding Torah learning, Torah is the antidote to Das Tovara. And yet the problem is that Das Tovara itself can infect Torah learning in an insidious way and make it difficult for us to actually see what it is that we even need to learn. And then we get confused and learn Torah knowing on some superficial level that has to do with Hashem, but never really getting to that deeper place where it actually is seen by us in that way. And so if our perceptual landscape, if our Das does not actually transform towards seeing that Hashem is this part of Torah and that he is the root of Torah and the Torah is simply just it's klichem daso it's literally it's 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 the it's the map of existence that is Hashem's way of seeing existence if you can't see those things so then it doesn't really activate in the same way and that's the goal here is to try to see that uh, through the lens of halacha throughout the series as we continue so hope that was clear and we're going to continue to develop this further in the next episodes and thanks again for joining me check out yourselblocks.com and join us there as well and we will continue with these subjects in the next episodes